I'm Luka Doncic and this is Locked On Mavericks Podcast. This is gonna be huge. 360 in the contract. Never that. I just take the contact. I bring it back. I'm running on the fast break behind the back. Yeah, this that, this that, this that. Jerk with the Welcome. You are locked on to the Dallas Mavericks. My name is Nick Angstead, and joining me, as always, don't tell me otherwise, contributor to Mavs.com. What you got for me, Isaac Harris, back and better than ever. Oh my gosh, we're back. Guys, y'all, for now. We were talking about this. <laughs> what? We're back for now. <laughs> we're back for now. But uh, no, we, we're talking about it. Man, we haven't did a pod together for, I guess it was a week. A week. I did a solo one. You did a couple with, with Cato and Kirk. Which a week is normal for all the other pods. It doesn't, right? Like That's true. Like all the other pods are, are once a week. And we are, feels weird that we haven't done one in a week. What's the longest that we've taken off in between pods over the past three years? Oh, my Three God. years. I don't think we've went a week without a pod in three years. We've done over 600 episodes, so. 658, just us. When I, tweet, I tweeted out the other day, I said, this is our 658th episode. That's just Nick and I. That's not included. Yeah. We're over 700 if you're including Mike and Jake back in the day. And, the OGs. But, yeah, yeah we're going to, I mean... Nick and I are going to pass the 700 episode mark in the what is it the what, 700 level 700 club what is it? <laughs> I mean it's a sellout streak. So if we're gonna all oh, the talk pod about, streak and the sellout streak should should combine whenever they cross paths that that'll happen. We'll just start handing out handing out the pod to like anybody on Twitter and kids and <laughs> saying hey y'all want to record a pod just to keep our streak going. <laughs> <laughs> All right, on the podcast today, we're obviously breaking down the Mavericks 141 to 121 win over the Golden State Warriors. Man, what, I mean, shootout can't even describe it or give it full justice because what a shootout this turned out to be between the two teams. So many different things happened. I'm really glad that Isaac and I are both here. Like we mentioned at the top of the show, we have been kind of out because of Christmas. And we're both actually about to leave again <laughs> to go. Uh, I'm going to go to Ohio where my parents have uh, shaky internet. And so we'll see how many pods we can get out then. Isaac's going on a ski trip. Yeah, this is uh, I went on this thing last year. I, you probably don't remember, but if you remember. Shouts to I you <laughs> if you remember that Isaac went on a ski trip. This is the same ski trip. I want to, it's in Crested Butte, Colorado. And it's through our church stuff. And so anyway, we're taking, what, 150 high schoolers up to Colorado to ski and stuff. And um, yeah, do church stuff. This is also where I dehydrated last year and I had to get like an IV and all this different stuff. Yeah. So uh, memories. Drink water and don't die for me, please. Yeah. I was a rookie uh, as far as elevation goes. And uh, I'm going to be drinking a lot of water. But we're going to have pods in some fashion. So yeah. uh, in some way, keep downloading, keep your, keep your subscription to locked on Mavericks podcast. Also. So we might not, we will probably have one before the end of 2019, but since we're together, this may be the last time we're both together. We might as well, <gasps> we might as well let the listeners know the raccoon squad, the, the day one locked on Mavs listeners that your boys and you guys, because of you guys, everyone listening right now and everyone that has listened to locked on Mavs, we passed 2.5 million downloads 
for the 2019 calendar year. I mean, what the hell? <laughs> we don't we don't ever share numbers and stuff and all that, but we passing 2.5 million downloads for us. It's yeah, it's been huge for I mean, literally going back to when we first took took over this podcast, where where it's at now, it's only because of you. And Luca, and <laughs> thanks Luca, <laughs> <laughs> thanks Luca. Uh, but no, it, yeah, it's uh, it's incredible seeing the growth of the pod. Seeing, I know I mentioned this a lot, but just seeing the amount of people that I see at games, at home games in Dallas, yeah. uh, whether it's Mavericks fans that will stop me at the arena and say, "Man, locked on Mavericks listener." Uh, whether it's other media, different people talking, it's just cool to see how much. Uh, this podcast has grown. So thank you so much for contributing to that. It's been amazing. I never thought. You think I, we can hit $3 million next year? We can get $3 million by the end of the week. <laughs> what <laughs> What if the Mavericks? What would it take? What would it take? The, the Giannis. The Giannis in 2021. Oh, my gosh, yes. <laughs> can you imagine that day? That'd be crazy if that actually happens. All right. The Porzingis trade day will, will definitely uh, – be still is the highest download day, day yeah. for us. That was a, just insane, and it was like the worst audio ever because I, my audio came from a hospital parking garage, <laughs> and, it, and it was just the worst thing ever. But it's anyway. Thank you to everybody that's been listening. Maybe we should just do a revisit the big moments of of lockdown Mavs. That takes a lot of editing, but the 2019 is a huge year for us. So, But anyway, all right, let's get into this game because it was a super fun game, and I don't want to talk too much about ourselves and talk actually about the Mavericks because it was a crazy game. The beginning of the game, holy crap, D'Angelo Russell. He just could not miss. He's, I think he's finished with 18 points in the first quarter. He had, what, 15 points in three minutes, and he just could not miss from three. And Luka was kind of like – D'Lo had a bunch of points and he was scoring a lot, but Luca was like answering every single play that that he made, and it's kind of amazing that D'Lo was hot, but Luca could answer on command. Basically, it was pretty amazing to watch. Yeah, you know this game kind of worried me a little bit going into it because it was weird going into this weekend. You have these back to back games. You have the Warriors, you know, on on Saturday, Lakers on Sunday, and one team is riding a four game winning streak. The other team, another team, is riding a four game losing streak. But it's not the two teams you would think it was yeah. because uh, the Warriors have literally won four in a row. Lakers have lost four in a row. But this Warriors team, they just – I watched them, uh, I guess it was last night. Yeah, I guess it was last night. Um, they, this was the second night of a back-to-back for them at home. And it was just – their confidence and how they're playing together right now, Draymond, D'Lo, Damian Lee, these guys, they're just pieces. Did you it know together. that Damian Lee is the stepbrother or is the uh, the brother-in-law of Seth Curry and Steph Curry? Did you know that? What did you read that? Somewhere? I read it somewhere. Where'd you yeah. hear it? I don't know. If you're a Warriors fan, that has to be like a drinking <laughs> it's, game. No, it's the Maxi Kleba is from Wurzburg thing. Like it that is. has to be that. That's the equivalent for the Warriors. Do you remember the Josh Smith, Dwight Howard? They oh, played high school played basketball, high school basketball together. together. <laughs> that was a great one. But no, this so this game worried me because this team literally has nothing to lose. They're just they're, it's confident. I normally I love watching teams like this that are kind of counted out, but they love playing for each other and with each other and all that. And so yeah, D'Angelo Russell at the beginning of this game, he I mean was absolutely incredible. All star D'Angelo Russell form right there. But and I couldn't help to think if Luca was still out for the injury. <laughs> Where would this mass team be after the first quarter? Gosh, yeah. Probably down 41 to 25, right? (laughs) 
Yeah, I mean, and you'd think naturally heading into this game, ah, you know, it's the Warriors this year. We probably wouldn't need Luka in this game. No, they needed Luka in this game. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. So yeah, they finish they finished tied in the first quarter, 41 to 41. You love to see it. Not that they were tied, but 41 to 41. I mean, that's just that's some amazing synergy right there. Yeah, and I mean, it was just a 41. Um it was just a fun first quarter. I mean, they were just Tim Hardaway was knocking down shots. Luca was just having insane shots and I mean, this was this is the type of shootout that I mean, I was sitting there trying to think. I'm like, what? Do, what is the total amount of points uh, these teams are going to hit? And I think uh, on the broadcast, I don't know who said it best. It might have been Skin. They said, "Hey, we're all enjoying this right now. The, about the only person that's not enjoying it is Jamal Mosley, uh, who's in charge <laughs> of the defense for the Mavs. Defensive because, uh, guru," was, he said. Yes, it was. Uh, it, it was rough defense. So after the first quarter, after the just the first quarter. The two teams combined, 19 of 28 from three. Two teams hit 19 threes in the first quarter. That's Did a, they ever confirm if that was a record or not? I don't know. Oh, I, I, don't feel know. Like, how, I don't even know how you'd look that up. Like two teams that played each other combined for that many threes. You don't know how to use basketball reference. <laughs> I wish I did. <laughs> Maybe someone would hire me. All right, coming up, let's get into the rest of this game because it was an interesting one. There were some things that happened, and, uh, man – Jeff Skin Wade had a response to a Luca three that I kind of just want to play the audio of because it just made me laugh so much. Uh, oh so no. we're going to get into that coming up. All right, Isaac, let's get into the rest of this game. We saw Justin Jackson in the first quarter. thought that that was a little notable um, since we're getting into the nitty gritty of it. Uh, we didn't see Ryan Brokoff till the very end. We saw Justin Jackson play again. Are you happy to see your boy back? Justin Jackson? Yeah. Um... Yeah, I mean, sure. I'm indifferent as far indifferent. as how much. Indifferent how is much, fine. We can move on. How much playing time he gets, I, I, yeah, I just think he really struggles defensively out there a, a little bit. But offensively, yeah, cool. Interesting. Okay, well, I guess that wasn't as interesting. I thought it was going to be as an answer from you. <laughs> um, <laughs> so second quarter, D'Lo is still on fire. He scored. He ended up scoring 24 points in 13 minutes. I mean, wild. <laughs> the, the guy just could not miss. And I didn't think the defense on him was that bad. I mean, he was running around a bunch. He was no. coming off of screens. It's just hard to – and this is obviously the Warriors. They know how to do this better than anybody. It's hard to have somebody run off of screens. And if he can just t- – if he can hit a three, you know, turning the corner, it's just hard to defend that. I mean, you can you can switch with the guy that's setting the screen for him and that has, you know, the player turning the corner, but – it's just really hard to to stop a guy that can hit a three that quick off of a you know off of a screen like that. And if you're hot, I mean, you can do pretty much anything on the court like that. Especially you know running the Warrior systems system with guys setting screens for you. Yeah, I mean, some of those threes are like what twenty eight, thirty feet yeah, deep. And that one step back three, I think it was the sixth or seventh three um, in the first half. That I mean, Delon Wright was just right in his face. I mean, it's perfect defense. You can't do anything about it. And you have somebody like that. It's kind of like a James Harden or any Luca or any of these top scores in the league. I mean, you can only play so good defense, and sometimes the offense just beats that. Yeah, uh, Luca finished the first half with twenty five points, eight boards, seven assists, and I mean, Luca just—he's back. If anyone worried about him coming back from his ankle injury, which we've talked about probably way too much, we've probably overhyped an injury maybe is too is a, a weird way to say that but i feel like people have uh he's just completely back and hey if you're if you were doing locked on hawks i'd be every other week 
<laughs> but I mean, I mean, it's Lucas. So, I mean, he's the top five player in the league. So we're going to talk about his ankle if it's hurting. Absolutely. And I love Jeff Skin Wade so much. I think that he's great on the broadcast. I think he adds a lot. It was cool to see him at an away game in San Francisco. And Luca hit a step back three in the second quarter with about two minutes left. And he made a sound after Luca made the three that I think just encapsulates how we all feel about Luca. And I just really wanted to play it. So here's Luca hitting a, it's not really a step back. I guess it was like a jab, jab step, pull back, you know, three. And Jeff Skin Wade's response after it was just too good. Just a little, uh huh, right under the. <laughs> Do you think he knew his mic was on? Like, I know they have, they definitely yeah. have, co- they definitely have cough buttons. So I wonder if he thought that he had hit his button. Nah, he was just feeling it. He was, in he the, was he feeling was in himself and feeling. He, he was, he was feeling it right there. <laughs> oh man, that's so funny to me. Um, what did you think about Luca's game? He fit. Let's we just we'll just go through it. He finished the game. With uh, what was it thirty-one points, twelve boards, fifteen assists, which he's the only player in the NBA right now to have multiple thirty-point, twelve rebound, fifteen assist games in the same in the, in this season. So the twenty nineteen twenty season, uh, he is also the fastest he played. He did it in thirty minutes. This is the fastest yeah. 30, 12, 15 game in NBA history, unless unless Oscar Robertson did it faster. We just don't know how many minutes he played, um, but. I, I went back and, and ran those numbers in basketball reference because I know how to work it. And Jokic did it in 2018 in 34 minutes. And everyone else that has ever recorded that stat line, 30 points, 12 boards, 15 assists, did it in 38 minutes or more. And Luka just did it in 30. Mm-hmm. I mean, wild. <laughs> yeah, I mean, some of these crazy Luka stat lines, you can't help to wonder if he got to play the fourth quarter of some of these games. And you know, he set out another fourth quarter. kind of... Um, reminds me of the Steph Curry days back was a few years ago when they were just blowing everybody out and it was kind of hurting him in his MVP case because he was setting out so many of these fourth quarters and his stats could be so much better. But yeah, I mean, Lucas game, I mean, 10 for 10 from the free throw line. That's massive. That's huge. This is what we, you know, that was one of the areas of his games that we were wanting him to improve on. And he's doing that and uh, hitting all 10 of those. I will say, Marquise Chris. Let's do it. You might not have made it in the league. Actually, you didn't. And I, in a way, I don't blame him, okay? Because when you are on the fringe of even having a job in the NBA in less than, what, three or four years, you didn't even make it to the end of your rookie contract before you got cut. You have to do something to try to get your you know face on a screen. So why, why not push down an MVP candidate? Taking a cheap shot is, uh, hey, yeah, hey, and all, all spare, Luka I guess. landed on Jonathan Lim, <laughs> Jay Lim, the videographer for the Mavericks. I, I mean, I was devastated. I was like, somebody check on Jay Lim. I texted, he actually just texted me a few minutes ago. I was like, bro, did he knock your glasses off? He goes, surprisingly, I sent him a screenshot of him just planted on the floor. <laughs> <laughs> and he's like, surprisingly, my glasses stayed on. Wow. Uh, but what he brand? Hit the guy. We need to know. I know he hit the guy's knee behind him. And anyway, 
So Marquis Chris not only hit Luca, he hit arguably my favorite person in the organization, <laughs> and Jay Lim, too. So uh, this is this is devastating. No, uh, Marquis Chris, enjoy your last what half of the season in the league, probably. Yeah, everyone gets 15 seconds of fame. Go ahead, man. Yours is a technical foul where you took a cheap shot at Luca and pushed him over a, a beloved photographer, yes. videographer. I mean, the big three will be nice for Chris. I know whether it's that or China. I mean, one of those two coming up, I guess. <laughs> what do we think about? So after that, there's a clip that I posted on, on <coughs> at Locked on Mavs, the, the Twitter account. And it's it's after that play, Draymond is like giddy on the sidelines. The Warriors are oh, down Draymond. 19. Chris just pushed over Luka, just took a cheap shot at him, pushed him right in the chest. And Draymond is like giddy and clapping on the sidelines. Like we are both pro Draymond people. Like we both love Draymond. We both mm-hmm. love his game. We love, you know, that he that he barks at people and gets in, you know, trash talks and like, but when you're down twenty and your teammate takes a cheap shot at somebody, I mean, come on, man. Yeah, that's that that stuff I don't really care for. Uh, like you said, I mean, I I love Draymond's style. I think uh, Draymond would be perfect on this Mavs team alongside KP. Uh, but and I was really intrigued about the matchup of him guarding KP tonight, heading into the game. And you saw them go head to head there, not head to toe. It's really head to head because they're uh, they're right there, head to chest, maybe <laughs> head to chest. Uh, love love the fire from KP of talking back to that. Everybody knows Draymond's a big talker in the league, and it was very shades uh, of Dennis Smith Jr. in his rookie year. That's I forgot about that. I did forget <laughs> about that. Uh, but you know they got the double text there. But yeah, I mean, come on, you're gonna win what 15 games this year and oh, 20 games. Come no, on, probably- who who tweeted before the like while the game was going on that the Warriors are gonna be the eighth seed. I, hey, I, okay. Ooh. I mean, who's who's fighting for the eighth seed right now? The Kings? Have fun, I Matt know. George. No, it, Draymond, I don't mind him. It's just, yeah, when you're a, a bad team in the league and you're down by 20 and your teammate you know does a cheap shot like that and you're, like, cheering it on, yeah, I'm not here for that. Especially, dude, bro, you got cooked by Luka. And that play. I sold out. Luka just played with you. He looked like a puppet on a strings that he just couldn't. Yeah. And Luca did the scoop shot, which should have been a and one. I know I mean, Luca just got clobbered on that, that play and just everyone kind of overlooked it. I think but. it was because he was still standing when he landed that they didn't call it. Yeah. 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 Which, you but, know, whatever. I also thought Marquis Chris should have got more than just a technical on that, but oh well on the push of Luca. D'Angelo Russell signed a Jersey and gave it to Luca shouts. I saw them after the game. They're having a uh, long embrace midcourt and all that stuff. And yeah, I don't know too much about their friendship, so. but that was just cool. Uh, D'Angelo Russell though, um, with about five minutes and 20 seconds left in the third quarter, the Mavericks were just getting started on their run. It was still a really close game. I think it was like, it's like 85 to 84 and, uh, Luca or D'Angelo Russell runs right into Luca's hip and he seems to hurt his neck. He's on the ground. He's laying there. He was down for a while. I mean, he was, he was down for a real long time. And sometimes I wonder, we might have to ask our friend, Dr. Brian on this one. Um, when the scout, no, no, he always do this. We have to ask him when players get hurt in the head and neck area, do the doctors like make them stay on the ground for longer than they really need to? Because D'Angelo just stood up and just walked away. But it, it always seems like players are down so long, and it just it's scary when they're down that long. But D'Angelo eventually got up after he was down on the ground, 
And uh, the stretcher came out. Like they pulled the stretcher all the way out on the floor. Looked like he was going to get in it. It was really a, a you know scary sight. But he didn't need to use it. He walked off on his own power, went to the locker room, and then came back and played in the game, right? Yeah, he did. And he came back and hit another three or two. Uh, which he almost – he got close to, to Clay Thompson's record, right? He What did he hit? He hit nine. Clay Thompson's is 14. If he wouldn't have missed that, that time due to injury, I think he could have got close to that, stayed hot. He definitely – yeah, he definitely would have hit over 10 because, I mean, what, he had, he had eight in the first half. So. Yeah. He would have he hit that or got close to it. Yeah, so then Dallas goes on this crazy run. And coming up, let's get into that run because I think this is this is really important for Dallas as a team now because I think a lot of things have changed. Yesterday, I tweeted out that tankathon.com is no longer in my most recently visited sites. Uh, you know how you go on your, your browser? I use Chrome. And so you, type in, you start typing in the name of a website. And if you visited it a lot recently, it just comes up automatically. Yeah. I started typing Tankathon and it didn't come up at all. Which that used to be I went there every day, you know, the first two years we did this podcast. And it didn't come up anymore. The times they are a changing. And so I want to talk about that because I think this run is sort of indicative of that change and I want to talk about it. So coming up, let's get into that. Talk about All right, Isaac. Talk about how the Mavericks run in the third quarter was just such a big run for them. They, uh, man, it just, they just go zero to a hundred, really. Um, and it started towards the middle of the third quarter, and then just all of a sudden, in the blink of an eye, they have a twenty-point lead. Yeah, I didn't know. I don't know if you know this, but the Mavericks have the best offensive rating in the league in NBA history. I, yeah, I just didn't. I didn't know if you knew that or not, or if people knew that that they had the best offense in the league, the best one, and <clears throat> the best one. But no, I mean they they do have you know a switch, and this is something we're not used to. This Mavericks team, I mean, like you said, over the past couple of years, you know, we spent time going to Tankathon. And we're not used to having a team that could flip a switch. We're not used to having a team that, hey, in a matter of a few minutes, they can be up by ten or fifteen. And it felt like a blink for your eyes. And in this third quarter, they were up by eighteen. I'm like, what the crap? How did this even happen? And it's just. It's just how this offense works, and when they get rolling, and when you have guys like Tim Hardaway making shots, I mean, he hit six threes tonight, six of eight. I mean, just looking at threes outside of Luka, they went, you know, non-Luka Mavericks went 19 of 43 from the three-point line. That's pretty good. I mean, it's And a just, lot of those I mean, misses were late. And I mean, we'll talk about the, the final, you know, the fourth yeah. quarter. The last seven minutes of the game, I think they scored four points. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, Porzingis hit four threes. Seth hit four threes. Hardaway hit six threes. Huge. Uh, Maxi hit a couple. Maxi had a post up. One, just one. Uh, hey, that was post ups where it's at. He scored though. But, uh, I mean, he's one of one in post ups. That's. Can you imagine how much they would have won if they did that more? <laughs> they need. They need to post up more. They need that. They'd be the best offense in, in NBA NBA like eternity. Not just history. I mean, come on. But I think that 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 run, just the way, like you said, the in the blink of an eye, the way that they can score, is something that we've seen from this Warriors team. I mean, the Warriors have mm-hmm. were that team that all of a sudden, you know, you turn your head, you go to the bathroom, whatever, you go to like get popcorn, you come back to your seat or you come back to your couch, and they're up by twenty. <laughs> you just say, wait, what happened to this game I was just watching? But now the Mavericks are that team. The Mavericks can do that, and. 
Sometimes it seems like a flash in the pan, but I think that this Mavericks team is proving, and they've they you know they've had a couple forty point wins already this year. They've had some twenty point wins and thirty point wins. They have gone on these runs, and they've showed that they can go on runs against anybody, and that they can go on these runs all of a sudden when they make good plays, when they're hitting threes. Tim Hardaway Jr. is a different player right now, and uh, he's he's been more consistent with with Luca back, and uh, twenty five points for him. He had a great night, and his shots are. Man, he has just been so much better than the first two weeks of the season. Even some of the nights where he struggled, it's been kind of on and off. But he's he's taking better shots. They're going down. Dorian Finney-Smith, he's just eight points, four boards, and three assists. But I think the things that he does are so important. And the fact that he can go in and just hit one three, if he can hit one to two threes a game, the Mavericks are just are they're raking. Because then all of a sudden you have to you have to respect Dorian Finney-Smith from three. And then that gives more space. And then you have Porzingis who can step out damn near, you know, 40 feet (laughs) and take a three. He took really deep threes in this game. And he hit four of his nine shots, which is exactly what you want him to do. And, yeah, take nine threes, Porzingis, because that is so – Let's get it. Let's get into the post-up thing. So we make so many jokes about post-ups after the TNT thing. If you didn't listen to the last podcast, that was just Isaac and uh, lots of audio and the full Carlisle quote about you know the TNT guys talking about Porzingis and post-ups and all that. It was awesome. So go listen to that one if you haven't. You have some time during break. Porzingis shooting nine threes is so huge for this Mavericks offense. It opens up so many things because, and we've talked about this since the very beginning of this season, since the beginning of training camp, when we saw the Mavericks tape off that 30-foot three-point line in training camp. That's trying to extend the floor. And honestly, to me, I was like, ah, that might be a waste of time. In, in the back of my head, I thought that might be the waste of time. Why don't they just focus on hitting the actual threes that they need to hit? <laughs> you know? But that line seemed to have helped because the Mavericks have so much space. Luka can drive. Dwight Powell can drive. Dwight Powell is able to pump and drive on some of these. We've talked about this a couple times. Dwight Powell is able to pump fake a three and drive into the lane without being impeded by, you know, a bunch of arms and hands in the way. If you look at, if you watch a Sixers game, this, this is, this, you'll be able to tell the difference between the Mavericks spacing and a different team spacing. If you watch the Sixers with their starting lineup out there, the, the spacing is just, I mean, they are they are working in the tightest of windows. Joel Embiid has to just, he has to bully his way onto the rim because all of a sudden he grabs the ball, he holds onto it for a second, there's a second defender heading at him. If Tobias Harris has the ball and he pulls up, there's two hands going in his face. I mean, just everything is so tight because they only have really three shooters. And I guess Joel Embiid is kind of a shooter too, but they're all kind of below average shooters in the starting lineup. Tobias Harris is about average and you know, Richardson about average, but... They just don't have the spacing. But the Mavericks, they throw out all these guys, and they have Porzingis out there, and all of a sudden there's all these driving lanes and all these passing lanes, and that's honestly, that's probably one of the reasons why the Mavericks are the lowest turnover rate in the league right now. It's incredible to see you know, how this spacing affects so many different things. So talk about post-ups and efficient play all you want, but the Mavericks being able to hit threes and being able to just at least – have people have defenses respect them from three opens up so many things. And I just, I don't understand how those guys can miss that. (laughs) Those, you know, basketball players and former players can miss the benefit that it, that, you know, Porzingis on the three point line has, because it just opens up so many other things. Yeah. Gosh, there's a lot of different angles, but you know, for, for Dallas, everything's about the spacing, everything, everything's about the spacing and Luca. How can you create space for arguably the best playmaker in the league. 
And when you have somebody like Luca, just get him open space. And if he doesn't make the basket, he will get the ball to somebody who has a high percentage of making the shot. He will find the open guy. That's what Luca does. So yeah, in this season, there there was a couple of holes in in Rick's um, rant or long comment. Uh, that yeah, we could, you could nitpick here and there as far as the all you know all time effect of you know Porzingis. And I, I think there is. There is scenarios in which a post-up play can be helpful for certain uh, team makeups. I think one of the angles I think he could have taken is, hey, for Porzingis, the post-up play isn't a good play for him. So for him, it's not a good play for him. For majority of the league, yeah. I mean, when you have somebody like Joel Embiid, he is the outlier. I get that. It's okay to get him the ball in the post sometime. I mean, even I mean, 12% How of How many players are six- like that? No, exactly. No, I get that for sure. But I think you tweeted out something that that uh, is kind of the same thing, our same mindset on this of there's a difference between having to run a post up and taking advantage of when you have a, a smaller guy on you. And I think when it gets to playoff time, that's when that that stuff is going to come into effect. If you have a switch off tonight, even Derek Harper said at, at one point tonight, it was on a drive. It was on a Dwight Powell drive, but and even on the maxi play, they dumped it down to maxi because he had the mismatch on a D'Angelo Russell or smaller guy in there. KP's got to be able to do that. And I don't like, I'm all for not posting up and I'm going to make all the jokes towards the TNT guys because they just can't, they can't, they couldn't grasp it. I don't know if it's just jealousy because Shaq couldn't even hit a free throw. Shaq could barely even hit a shot outside two feet. So and don't you, you see a seven three Shaq on this podcast? Hey, I will all day. But you know, and Chuck, sure, whatever, bro. But well, the thing is, just, Chuck tried to shoot threes. Chuck was taking a bunch of threes for his day. <clears throat> yeah, they just in their minds, it's it's a waste of height. In their minds, they look at me like, hey, big guys, they're supposed to, you know, like, you take advantage of your height down on the post. And they just don't understand the effect of offense and just percentages on things and just kind of really the math part of some of it. But it, yeah, for Dallas's system, this is the best way to run it. And this is the, it's just, there is a difference of, hey, not running post up place for KP, but him having to, take advantage of some of the mismatches, especially when it comes to playoff time. That's, that's yeah. To take the Mavericks to, to the next level, uh, I don't think that this offense is going to be – this offense isn't going to be the best <laughs> offense in NBA history in a playoff series where you're able to, to you know, game plan night to night. You're able to really hone in on one team and you're able to really figure out, okay, how do we stop Luka? Let's trap him every single time. And when if they're going to trap Luka every single time, which the, the Warriors tried in this game – other players have to be able to take advantage of their mismatches. And, you know, Tim Hardaway Jr. is able to do that a little bit. Uh, Dorian Finney-Smith is able to, you know, either hit an open three or he's able to uh, pump fake and drive to the rim. He did that a couple times. He had a really good three-point play. There was just a real heads-up three-point play in uh, in that third-quarter run. It was He was at the top of the key, and I think Luca was being trapped, and Luca got the ball over to Dorian at the top of the key. He saw there was a wide-open lane. He pump faked, got a couple defenders to bite on it, ran to the, you know, to the rim and, and laid it in and got a foul. And just those kind of plays like that, Tim Hardaway Jr. can do the same things. Dwight Powell is showing that. Maxi Kleba is showing that he can do that. Those kind of plays are what really opens it up for the Mavericks. And for for Kristaps Porzingis, if things are going to start getting closed up for Luka, if he's, he has to be able to take advantage of mismatches and has to be able to take advantage if they're going to throw a 6-3, you know, Alonzo Ball type on, on Porzingis. But 
the Mavericks aren't going to run down the floor, get into their half-court offense, and dump it down to KP with, you know, yeah. even like Montrez Harrell on it. Like, they don't have to do that. But there is a difference, yeah. like Isaac said, and what I was saying earlier in the week, that he has to be able to take advantage of those mismatches, and he's just not able to right now. He's he's taking these turnaround jump shots, and he's just not hitting them right now for whatever reason. And, uh, yeah, we, we talked about this. This is the now. best style. This is the best style for them to play, especially right now, because KP just can't take advantage of that right now. You know, if you're playing the Clippers in a playoff series and Patrick Beverly is switched off on Porzingis, you you need to have the ability of Porzingis. If he's switched off on him and KP's posting up, you want to have that ability to throw it down to KP on the post with Patrick Beverly on him and know that he can, you know, get a bucket on that. So, but what they're running right now. Yeah. Don't mess with it. This is working. And I love KP's candid response after the game on Thursday night. If you didn't get to listen to the last pod, just go back and listen that the Porzingis audio. I thought it was just, I thought it was cool that he was really honest about saying, yeah, I would love to have the ball in the post. I would love to be playing, like having that, that style of play again. Cause he, he does, he likes getting that, but he's like, Hey, it's team first. As long as we're winning. And he said this, what, two or three times in the audio, yeah. as long as we're winning, I'll play the right way. He's like the right way. You know, I'll play, you know, the way it should be. So, uh, I thought that was one. Okay. Can I just mention this? I know we're pushing time, but I don't care. One thing. This is our, this is our only thing, pod together in a while. So, one thing that I'm commonly seeing a lot that I kind of hold back a little bit is the, the statement of the Mavericks have the best offense in the league, best offensive rating in the league. Why mess with it? Or why try to improve or change something of that? I will just say this. The Wizards have the fifth best offensive rating in the league at 112. Okay, <laughs> Last year, last year, the Minnesota Timberwolves had the fourth best offensive rating in the league at the end of the year. Okay, so I'm, I'm just saying that I get the, the notion of Hey, we have the best offense. Let's not let's not mess with it if it's not broken. But I don't think people should go after people for thinking of ways that it can still get better or how you can still improve that. Because I guarantee you, you can still look at that Timberwolves team last year who had the fourth best offensive rating in the league and say, you know what, man, we're one of the best offenses in the league. But how can we get better? So I don't fault some fans out there for saying different things about the offense and I personally I just don't like the rebuttal of hey we got the best offense you know offense rating in the league why are you even trying to suggest anything else I, I'm not here for that really yeah we we joke and say that I don't think that, I, yeah, yeah I joke about it and because there is a difference of playoff basketball and yeah you look at the I looked up the best offensive ratings in the league over the past like four or five years obviously those Warriors teams you know, were number one and they were winning titles because they have this, you know, cast of all-stars and stuff. So I want to see, I'm super intrigued of how this whole system rolls into the playoffs. I think it will work. Uh, I'm not guaranteeing that it will work, but I, I think there is some things in playoff that moves more towards matchups and more ISOs and taking advantage of, you know, matchups and different stuff like that. And I, I'm just intrigued. I, I'm just excited to see a Mavericks team in the playoffs and Dang, we're not even halfway through the season yet. So. <laughs> not even, but we're getting close. And it, it really feels like the Mavericks have separated themselves from you know the bottom of the West. And you you look, and I find myself even saying, "All right, when is this going to fall out for the Mavericks?" <laughs> and, and when Luca was out, it still didn't even you know the bottom didn't fall out for them. They're twenty one and ten, and there's a big gap between let's see them at five in the West, Utah at nineteen and twelve. They're sixth in the West. And then there's OKC, Portland, and San Antonio, and they're all hovering around. You know, OKC is one game above 500. Uh, Portland is four games below 500. They're playing right now. 
Uh, San Antonio is what are they five games under 500? <laughs> you know, like, mm. there's that's a huge gap right there between those teams. Uh, the Mavs are 11 games over 500. <laughs> over, over. I mean, w- wild. So that's a huge cushion for them. Even if they lose Luca to some injury, even if they lose Porzingis to some injury, which by the way, what are they? 31 games into the season, he's missed one game. That I did not expect that for sure. No, not at all. Not at all. And I mean, that's yeah, that's awesome on his part. You know, they obviously have a game today in LA against the Lakers, another back to back. I expect him to play in it. You know, what <clears throat> What did he finish today with minutes wise? Like 20 minutes <laughs> uh, in, in today's game. I had that pulled up, but like 26 yeah, minutes. 26 minutes. So, yeah, he should be playing in LA. It looks like LeBron, it's crazy that LeBron suffered just such a devastating injury on Christmas and then bam, he's right back uh, on. Uh, playing in Portland. Well, so I'm glad to, he got better. I know it was tongue in cheek, but to be fair, he's been dealing with injuries and he missed some games. And okay, but when you lose on Christmas Day and you have your buddy Wendy and then Rachel Nichols tweeting out saying, "Man, LeBron's injury that could have been hampering him today against the Clippers." We haven't been here. Have they been tweeting out about it for the past week or so? He didn't look. No, they, he didn't look the same. Okay, but they tweeted out after. The, I'm gonna the I'm gonna take up for it. I I I I go along with Get you a lot here. on your LeBron slander, but I'm I'm gonna take up for him on this one. He just didn't look. He didn't because they the they tweet out one they tweet out after the biggest game of the year. So then it's just the excuse. Does he have a broken hand again or what is it? I mean, <laughs> he didn't have a cast. He didn't have a cast. He didn't have a cast. So I mean, how <laughs> how can we know for sure? But dang, he traveled to Portland and he's playing, so uh, he's good to go. And I, honestly, like, this this could be it. Might, it might not be, but this could be a LeBron sit game. It could, yeah, very well could. I mean, or AD. You look his, the, his, AD was dealing with some shoulder stuff too. I mean, both those guys are. They played, you know, they played each other twice this season. Arguably, my favorite win of the season, that fourteen point win in LA, and then obviously the game at the beginning of the season with the Danny Green three, the Dwight Howard stuff. tug game. Yes, yes, but I want to see what Dallas does over the next five or six weeks. As far as trade deadline, all that stuff, I want to see if they set Pat. I know a lot of us just believe, hey, they're just going to roll with it. If they do something, it'll be something really, really small, maybe end of bench type of thing with the Courtney Lee contract, whatever it is. But I mean, I'm just intrigued. I want to see what the, this front office thinks of this team. If it's, hey, we're just going to stand Pat and roll with it. Do they, you know, want to swing for something? Which I don't think they will. Uh, I just, I'm just intrigued because I think what they do at the deadline will show you a glimpse into a little bit of how far they think this team can make the playoffs and, or they can, yeah. But anyway, I'm just intrigued what happens over the next five, six weeks. Anything else from this game? We talked about Marquise Chris. We talked about Draymond. We talked about the run, the Mavericks at the end of the game, seven minutes to seven minutes left of the game. They scored two points. I don't know why. The Mavericks just cannot score any point. They're the best offensive rating in the league and cannot score any points when they have zero big men on the floor. Yeah, yeah. I just leads in the fourth quarter, they make me nervous right now, but oh, we did have. We should confess. We should make a confession. Let's confess. The Mavericks were up. <laughs> Let's see. What were they up by? There was six minutes oh, left in the game. A lot. They're up by twenty something. They're they're up by like twenty five. Six minutes left in the game. I text Isaac. Say, hey, is it time for a fourth quarter blowout theater? <laughs> and we both got too scared to do it and to tweet it out because we didn't want <laughs> we didn't want to jinx. Toronto scared me. The Toronto game <laughs> has <laughs> scarred us now for the rest of the season. So we might not be doing fourth quarter blowout theater mailbag anymore. I don't know if it's really bad. We'll do it. 
How bad would um, it have to be? <laughs> I, I do have 45? a question for you. The Bobon 3 board bet, oh, was it attempts or makes? I think it was makes. Dang it. Because I, I was thinking, I was like, all right, he shot two in this game. And if I knew we set it at 10, but I couldn't remember if it was attempts or makes. I'm like, if it's attempts, we might have a shot. I'm pretty sure it was makes. I'll check it real quick. But whatever. But uh, yeah, Bobon got some minutes towards the end of the game. Happy for him. Uh, just this, you know, obviously this game in general, they beat the Spurs the other night, beat the Warriors now, and now they get the Lakers in L.A. And I mean, that's going to be a massive game for for both of them. Boban three pointers made ten over under. I took the Dang it. under. You took the over. Get out of here. I just um, I'm just saying the stats. You can't just. I don't know. He should post that more. <laughs> right he now, did in this Lakers, game, and he threw he threw a nice little lob over Marquise Chris. Lakers are playing uh, the Blazers right now. It's in the fourth quarter. They're up by ten. If they lose this game to the Blazers, they they will be losers uh, yeah. of the last five games heading into this Dallas game. But I mean, they're up by ten, so maybe they'll pull it off. But it should be a good one. I did turn over to the college football playoff and it's Ohio State and Clemson. And right before I walked back to do a podcast, I heard the announcer goes, Oh, Ohio State is LeBron James's team. I bet right now he's kicked back, watch, enjoying this game right now. I'm like, No, actually, he's playing a basketball game. So, uh, doing his job. Doing his job. Guys, don't vote for LeBron for the All Star game. Yeah. Uh, every podcast that I can, uh, that we do, if I can remember, I'm going to remind you do not vote for LeBron. <laughs> For the All Star Game, he deserves it. He should start, but don't vote for him. I the first day of All Star voting, I do my actual vote and I I tweet out who I think should make it, and so that's what I did. LeBron was on it. Since then, I have voted every day both ways, and I have not put LeBron on it. So I just want everyone to get off my back because I've voted for Luca way more times than LeBron. I put Porzingis in LeBron's spot every single time. I just don't put anybody. I just vote Luca, and that's it. Like let's let's really let's just go. Yeah. Mm, I guess let's just let's do, do the thing. Let's do the one thing that we're trying to do, and let's focus on doing one. Let's whole ass one thing. Luca, all star captain, has to happen. Luke, do you like Luke Captain, my captain? That's my hashtag I'm using. Luke Captain, my captain. Yeah, <laughs> Luke Captain with the the K instead of the first C. Okay, I'm down for that. That's what I've been using as my hashtag. Um, okay, so for us. After the Lakers game, I'm not sure if you're going to be able to hear from from me. I'm going on. I'm going to Ohio to visit my family. Isaac is going to go on a ski trip soon. And uh, we're not exactly sure the consistency of the podcast over this next week. This is going to be the one week that we're really not sure if we're going to have pods or not. If you have pods in your in your inbox down and they're like downloading, then just treat it as a, a treat because yeah. I, I'm taking – I'm going to try to record a little bit from Colorado. We'll see. And uh, you should have one for your inboxes. I don't know, whatever it is. <laughs> your on feed Monday, on Monday morning after the Lakers game. You should have something. Yeah. So we'll we'll see what it is. But just you know, be patient. If you don't get any pods, then don't think that we've completely given up hope. We just told you we did two two and a half million downloads this year. So we're we're in it, and we're uh, really appreciative of everybody in this community that we've built and everybody that follows us. Uh, and man, if 
if we don't win this fan vote for uh, the Twitter poll for the I'll get out uh, best Twitter account, I'm, I'm not. I'm not here for this thing. <laughs> don't vote for me. Gonna be this devastated. thing makes me feel uncomfortable and it's weird to me. So don't vote for me in this Twitter bracket. We're gonna be devastated if we don't win, even though we're we're going up against each other. <laughs> vote for Nick. They should have just put Locked On Mavs on there. They should have put us together. The power of both. Whoever this guy is, who is this person? To be know. honest, if he's a listener, shout out to you, but I do not know who you are. Shout out to you, bro. Thanks for putting this thing together. But, yeah, you can give the win to the captain guy. Oh. <laughs> there you go. Guys, we love being back. We'll see what this week holds. But Mavericks win 21-10 and 10 so far this season. Just hold on to that win. And uh, hold on to the fact that Marquise Chris is going to bed with a big fat L tonight. You suck, bro. Peace out. Boom. Ten, ten, ten.